0: One, two,
1: three,
0: four. All right, welcome back to episode 100 of Country and Cold Cans. I am Logan sitting here with trucker Andy and Kyle. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Stitcher. And check out the website countryandcoldcans.com for blog content and shop. We have plenty of t-shirts, plenty of hats, plenty of koozies. Available for you there on countryandgolcans.com slash shop. But guys, the the big story is, before we get into the main topic of the day, here we are, 100 episodes in. 2019 to now. Like, what started as a drunken idea between me and Andy back in the old days, before we were even recording these things. Here we are, 100 episodes in. Like, a little bit crazy to me to even say that out loud on recording.
1: We've come a long way since we were recording on a cardboard box with a bucket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Andy's uh, favorite guest, Kyle, was the bucket back in the day. We were episode four or five. Andy had this like beer bucket that I don't know if he stole it. I don't know if... Like, it was your bucket. I, I, I didn't steal it. All I it was in is, your garage. Yeah, but anything you stole back then because you were on the road was in my garage. So <laughs> I didn't
1: steal anything, allegedly.
0: Allegedly. But either way, we had this bucket that Andy back on episode four or five was like, oh, here's our guest today. The bucket. And we (laughs) laughed so hard back then thinking it was so funny. And it probably wasn't. We were drunk at noon, BJ Barnum. Yeah. Because when we like hatched the idea for this podcast, we decided we were going to drink beer and talk about country music. Well, the drinking beer thing didn't last very long because we realized... We do not need to be halfway in the bag while recording.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And then Andy is drinking. Sometimes we are fully in the bag.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, Mm. we were the first episode. If anybody listens to the first like 10 episodes, not counting the interviews, they probably. If you're a regular listener now, I'm not going to tell you not to listen to it. Because if you want a good laugh about how awkward and bad it was at the beginning. Yeah, go back and listen to those. If you're used to our normal format, you're used to how we do things now. Yeah.
2: Professionalism.
0: Yeah. Well, professionalism. Wink,
2: wink. No, nah, not, nah. Yeah.
0: But it was way worse, Kyle. Like back before you started, man. Like because you started that year, but it was back half a summer. You were on the Eric Church episode we did. Like, yes. you don't even know how bad and how cringy I mean, Andy and I've texted back and forth, like how like super awkward and cringy we sounded on those early episodes. We well, yeah, like, were
2: like early version of Rogan, where it's almost yeah, like terrible, basically, right? yeah, and, you know, now we're like a well old machine.
0: To an extent,
2: I'm trying to hype <laughs> Andy, us up here.
0: <laughs> Andy, what were uh, what are your thoughts on the early episodes versus now?
1: The one that stands out is when we recorded on the car- cardboard box. For some reason, three sheets to the wind at 2 p.m. And I realized in the middle of it, kind of, we're way too drunk to be doing this right now. I'm surprised. I hope everything's coming out with as much sense as I think it is right now.
0: Well, the thing that stands out to me was like uh, episode two. We we call it a gateway artist. We talk about artists that were like kind of a bridge between the independent and the mainstream, and we sounded like surfer douchebag assholes. Like at the very beginning, we sat mm-hmm. there and we were just like, "What's up, everyone? This is Country and Gold Cans. We're the Oak City Drifters, Logan and Andrew." <laughs> like <laughs> Andrew, that's a oh well, Andy was Andrew for like the first like five episodes. That's mm-hmm. like
2: still great. I, well, yeah, I like trucker Andy better though.
0: Oh well, that was before he was a uh, never at home trucker. He was a trucker at the time, but he was still back at home mm. at the time. He he would come back. We Zoom wasn't a thing at the time, Kyle. Like we had to. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: it existed. We just couldn't work it.
0: We just didn't. Well, no, we didn't know about it. So it was That's like right. we the were first time. There. Yeah, the first one I did. I did at your house. You did. We did it in person. We, uh, I don't remember if we had some cold ones on that episode or not. I don't think we did because it was middle of the afternoon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
2: Yes, hmm. I don't think so. That, that episode. Yeah. There are some unreleased episodes
1: that um will never be released.
2: <laughs> will never be released. We had unless you paid no
1: for it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, no, you're the one who has something to defend,
0: Andy. <laughs> you had some terrible takes. You know, let put it this way. And he had some bad takes, but I can edit those takes out if I need to, if they want to pay enough for it. But the reality is,
1: it's going to cost more money than they got. (laughs) And I ain't saying they're poor.
0: Well, just so everyone knows out there in uh, listener land, Jordan, my co-host on tailgate season, just joined us. But we're on episode 100 of Country and Cold Cans. Big one for us. Like, Jordan, just so you know, we're talking about the evolution of the podcast from twenty nineteen to now. Like, it was so bad in the beginning. And then Kyle joined us in the summer. We had gotten a little better, but here we are in twenty twenty three. Like we we like to think we've gotten better since then, but God knows if you go back and listen to some of those early episodes, it's cringe city. No doubt.
3: You you uh you definitely got better. You added me onto the network. No, I'm just <laughs> um no i've i uh, I've listened to a couple of the ones before, but you know it's kind of impressive because we talked about this that you know most podcasts don't make it that far and if you know barely even getting to fifteen and here you guys are doing the hundredth that's pretty impressive, so congratulations, you guys, and I'm glad to be a part of the network here,
0: yeah, well, we appreciate that, but uh Andy. <laughs> You remember back in the old days, we, we talked about, hey, you know, this is probably going to be difficult for us to get some guests on the show. And then the first time we attempted for a guest, we Instagram DM'd Rhett Miller of the old 97s. Well, we were on a bachelor party to Wilmington, North Carolina with a buddy of ours. And I woke up late, didn't make it to golfing. And he DM'd me back and said, yeah, I'll totally come on the show. Rhett Miller, nicest man in the world, comes on the show, episode three or four. And Andy and I get cocky after one episode. and We were like, this shit is easy. <laughs> yeah. We came back to Earth pretty much after that. But it was it was pretty legit that we had, you know, old 97 front man, you know, first time guest. He was the first one we had on there. Like, did, did you ever think that we'd be backstage at a show in Durham doing that?
1: If you told me before we started the podcast, if I thought we'd be backstage, I would have told you yes.
0: Then we'll, what? Really? <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. I stole that from Dale Brisby.
0: Well, what are, what are, what are Andy's thoughts, not Dale Brisby's <laughs> thoughts?
1: Dale thought Brisby was has funny.
0: driving whiskey and Andy doesn't drink, period. So, uh,
1: I, I, I thought we would have been backstage, but not invited. <laughs> uh, um, that's fair that's fair yeah it,
0: it's been a ride man hopefully we have another hundred in us and a hundred after that but all i can say is definitely it's grown a lot since then we hadn't we now went from listeners in north carolina and texas to listeners in 49 of 50 states we have listeners in 13 different countries like it's it's grown beyond what I would have expected at the time for two guys that you know were in college. We used to have drunken arguments, drunken debates about this song, better than that song, and then we added Kyle that same year. Back in all summers. downhill from there, <laughs> <laughs> but it it was good to have a third voice. Like we were very much glad to have Kyle join because I think we pitched it to Kyle as, "Hey, here is." You know, something like, come on this episode. You don't have to do it every week. You can come back every now and then. But Kyle was into it. He had fun and he wanted to do it every week. And here he is. What now? What is that? One, two, three, four years later. You've been doing it every week since then. We've been doing it for four years. 2019
2: was the first episode I was on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: 2019 was when we started in February. Andy's like what? whoa. Bro, we made
2: it through <laughs> whoa. <laughs> whoa, we made it through COVID, man. Uh yeah, uh it's it's been a hell of a ride. There's been quite a few episodes that I was actually really nervous for. I was really nervous when we had Geo on. Um uh, yeah. I think I think Mason and the Gin Line was my very first interview. I if I'm I, That sounds right to me. Yeah, could be wrong about that. I wanted to be there for uh Austin Up Church, but I would stay late at work. That was a that was a bitch. You to that one. Was no, it was Gracie. That no, yeah, it was yeah. It was, it was Gracie York. Grace, Gracie York, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. So but yeah, I've had a have had a blast. Um airing my hot takes, some of them good, some of them bad. Um <laughs> Yeah. I think uh fifteen hundred OBO is a pretty good song. Yes, yeah, right. Uh-huh yeah it wasn't my best it wasn't my best episode you know uh, what? every time I hear that song on the radio I kind of cringe and I'm like damn was uh, <laughs> like
0: uh, I put it on I the put internet this... at one point that hey this is a good song
2: yeah I mean like aliens in some distant galaxy
0: might hear that and they're like yeah these humans suck <laughs> <laughs> hey at least you put it this way you staved off an invasion so think of it that way yeah yeah but yeah, I
2: mean, you know, I've had. A, I've always said that I'm glad that you guys asked me to come on because without it, I probably would be, you know, as Bowling for Soup said, I listened to the same shit that I did back then. I listened to the same music that I did in high school. So.
0: Hey, there you go. And I will say thank you to the listener for being with us through a hundred episodes and stick with us through a hundred more. Uh, so, Country in Cold Cans, episode 100. We're gonna. Touch a topic that is controversial to some, not to others, but Morgan Wallen's new record. So he released a 36 song album called One One Thing at a Time. Morgan Wallen's interesting because a lot of people in the inner in the independent world hate the guy. A lot of people in the mainstream world think he can do no wrong. We're kind of like the third rail on that because we like his music but we don't love his music to the point that we think everything is a banger. We're we're pretty like called balls and strikes. We're umpires on it. And my whole thoughts, I'm going to get the the general consensus on from the group here, but my whole thoughts on the record as a whole, um, are basically this album is not an album. It's a collection of 36 songs that is trying to appease everyone all at once. It is, there's no cohesiveness to this. Two thirds of the album, I would say, is either country or country adjacent. Pop country is another, uh, I guess, good phrase for that. Some of it is hip hop influence. It's very beats driven. And then the other part is very like the killers style, like rock music. And it's, it's interesting, but also frustrating at the same time, because this it's 36 tracks on It's done this way on purpose for the streaming platform, the streaming era where he broke the record for Drake. Drake had like 20 some songs in the Billboard top 200, top 100, whatever it was um, for all genres. Now, all 36 tracks made it into the top 100 and he now owns the record. Beat Drake out for that. He had the most equivalent album unit sold. Since Taylor Swift's The Red Album, Taylor's version when she reacquired her masters and re-released it, like it, it, it's a big album commercially. It's been mixed critically. And I think that the mixed critically kind of sums up how I feel about it. I think that it is a there's a good record within the record, if that makes sense. too many tracks we've been very hardcore on country and cocaine's about how 36 songs is too much for an album 12 15 is the sweet spot some say 10 but if you whittled it down this could be a very good album especially for a mainstream artist there's a surprising amount of steel on there there's uh some decent songwriting morgan didn't write as many of the songs on this one as he did on the previous project I think it was maybe half or maybe less than half that he actually had a a co-writing credit on. There were entirely too many songwriters on this, Uh, but that maybe is to be expected with the 36-track album. Um, The reality of it is this is going to be probably the biggest album in mainstream country this year, no doubt about that. Now, artistically, is it good? that's what we're going to kind of get to here. I think that there's a good album within an album. What do you guys say? Um, one quick thing. Did you know the, the killers are a Christian rock band? Okay. Are you one of those people that make jokes about how people in the two thousands are all Christian rock? Cause I have coworkers that make that joke all the time.
2: No, I mean like they're legitimately they are like look at some of the lyrics and the singers are a member of the, uh, Latter-day Saints.
0: Are they a Christian rock band or a rock band that happens to be Christian? No, some, of their
2: li- some of their lyrics are heavily Christian. You should just, just dive into it one day. What the heck does this have to do with Morgan Wallen? He said the killers. <laughs> <laughs> he said the killers. He made the analogy. But anyway, I just wanted to.
0: Morgan so me- calls it dirt rock, by the way. His like 2000s influenced rock songs. He calls it dirt rock, whatever that means. Uh Sound that's very close to butt rock, but um, as like, which is as you like yeah okay, that's um, accurate for the music Kyle likes is butt rock.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I could divide this album into three groups of twelve. There's the twelve really good. There's the twelve that I don't really care for, and then there's twelve that's just shit. Um, I don't really know what he's trying to get to with some of these songs. Some of this is I think you equated it to the the killers. I would say it's more like TikTok rock. Half of these songs That's I heard it. on tick I heard on TikTok for anything. I don't even have a TikTok, but Instagram reels.
0: You heard it, but sonically it's it's part of the somewhat of the music you like 30, from that era. Well,
2: I mean I'm saying the songs I hear from there are thirty seconds of okay, it's not that terrible, but the rest of the song's awful. So like they clipped 30 seconds for the t- the TikTok. And it's not like that. ain't that I think it ain't that song. It was one of Oh no, no, that's the hip hop song. Right. But it's just
0: song's that song's bad.
2: Yeah, it's not good. But the thirty seconds is not like the it doesn't make your ears bleed, but when you hear the whole right. song, it's like it, it does. Oof, <laughs> Oof, <laughs> Oof.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't know what he's trying to do here. I really don't. He's trying to be everything to everyone all at once. Is my take on it. It's so he's like, trying to be
2: like that movie that won the Oscars.
0: Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. like he wants to put the country stuff out for the people that like the country stuff. He wants to put the hip hop influence for the bro country stayovers that are still there. And he wants to put out what he calls dirt rock. What I call the you know the killers. The because if you listen to Whiskey Friends at the beginning, the intro sounds very similar to Mr. Brightside. Yes, like, and that was.
2: The other thing I know we had, me and Andy had talked about on Hardy's album, he ripped quite a few riffs, ripped borrowed whatever you want to call it. You can kind of hear like I don't know if it's just that big loud records thing where they want to just borrow riffs, but Morgan Wallen did as well. Yeah, I don't I don't really know how I feel about it. I'm like, know, yeah, we're gonna be a, be more original in this. And Hardy did it on a rock side of an album but, on the, but countryside. See, the
0: The difference in the two records is like Hardy had a, <clears throat> at least some cohesion where the first half was country or pop country. Yes. The second half was like early 2000s rock, right? Where yeah. this is not a record. It's more, and I'm not saying this as a negative because I understand the business side of it. It's 36 songs. It's a collection of songs that was packaged as an album, to get the streaming numbers up. So like I tend to like the country stuff, obviously. And then I like the the what he calls dirt rock, what I call the killer inspired stuff, because I'm into that kind of thing. Hip hop stuff. I'm not that into because it's if I wanted to listen to hip hop, I'd listen to hip hop, not hip hop. That is saying a that's some shit about cold deer tailgates and Daisy Dukes. But Andy, what are your, what are your thoughts on one thing at a time?
1: the more i listen to it the more i like it which was somewhat similar to dangerous because i had quite a bit of negative stuff to say about that at the beginning um i will agree that it's not a coherent record like you said uh i think you could cut six to ten off of it and then split it into two albums and it'd be fine the uh there's a lot more some of the songs are a lot better than I was really expecting it to be through there. Um some of the bad one I've got some criminal songs on here that I like. I I have no explanation for it, but uh the numbers don't lie to an extent on it either. So well that's, chopping that's it that's up a good, and splitting it in point. maybe two albums.
0: I mean, like that. That's a good point you made, though, because there are some songs on here that objectively I know are not good songs, but I like them. I liken it to McDonald's. McDonald's is not good food, but I like McDonald's. You know what I mean? They're coming
1: around with that chicken sandwich a little bit.
0: They might be, but the reality is McDonald's is not good food, but I like McDonald's. McDonald's has also served a kajillion people. In the same way that Morgan Wallen has a kajillion people listening to him, so there. This is where I always get frustrated with people on both sides of the aisle on this, with mainstream and independent. They think if they like it, that makes it good. Not true. Like, it really is. You can like it, but that doesn't mean that doesn't make it good. Something can be good and you can not like it. Objectively, there is an artistic side that is it good or is it bad, and then. You may like it. Like, for instance, there are some songs on Dangerous that I objectively will say are not great songs. I like them. Mm hmm. Look at some the of Mc the chicken. numbers. I, I ate a McChicken tonight. It's not good.
1: I like it. The uh, my numbers are not coming from, ten years. from... <laughs> I had it last night from the most uh, <laughs> reliable from the most reliable source, but I've heard that in like the country genre, Morgan Wallen's number one with more streams than two through ten combined.
0: Yeah. I mean he's Astronomically had a faster start. more. Him and Luke Combs have both had a faster start out of the gate than anyone since Garth Brooks. And last night that song by him by Morgan Wallen uh hit the number one on the billboard Hot 100 across all genres, his first like all genre number one. I'm not crazy about that song, but no. reality is that hit number one. There are people listening to it, but that doesn't make it good. You know what I mean? People can like it. That doesn't make it good.
3: That's me. That's me. I like it. <laughs> I, was I don't, one of those that I helped don't it.
0: dislike it. I don't dislike it, but it's not a good song.
3: Uh, it's very, it's just catchy. I don't know. I really don't have a reason to like it. It's
0: very catchy. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: So. I think um he is very close to falling into the people that annoy us. <laughs> Talking about it being the same? no, 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 not being the same. Just he's about another Diplo song. Or if two or three more Diplo songs that he did Broadway Girls on this album to falling more towards the Thomas Rhett side than more of a Luke Combs
0: side. Over, you're saying that instead of being consistent like Luke Combs or Riley Green, he's being disappointing because he's putting out enough bad stuff yes. out. Yeah, yeah, yes, the, the
2: scales are starting to.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: what was this the? What was that first album we had with uh, whiskey glasses or whatever? That album album was all pretty darn samey, but it all sounded good. Yeah. Outside Uh, of one or two songs, I agree. Yeah. But some of this is, I just don't even, I just skip it. I listened to it once because I had to, um, to discuss it, but that that was the most it got from me. We got one play. Now there's a few songs on here that
1: I can't get enough of. There's a few the yeah, I've only listened to maybe once, and maybe tried them again. And I was like, yeah, nah, still no. Yeah, we'll pass. No. You know. I'm kind of in the same boat
0: on that. Like, ain't that some is one of them? I listened to it, I think twice. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. my thing.
3: Almost uh, made my cut. I like the uh, like the first nine, or like the ones I really just keep repeating, and then I'll pick some other ones in there, but. For the most part, I haven't even, I don't even know if I've listened to the last five songs or whatever on this album.
2: Oh, you're missing the best one on the whole album. What um, is it? Dying, I, Dying, Man. Dying Man.
3: I know I haven't listened to that, so I do need that's to listen to probably that. probably the
2: best song on the whole
1: album.
3: I need to listen yeah, to that. I
1: told you that, Kyle. Thanks, well, you for, did. thanks for taking my idea. Yeah. You, yeah. You well, like, I wouldn't I say like, that's the best one on the whole album. I, I do like
2: it a lot. I think it's at worst top three. Yeah. I'd say that.
3: I like yeah. uh, I like the 98 Braves because I like knowing the Braves lost.
2: I like what I song's trying to do. Yeah. But he's not old enough.
0: <laughs> See, <laughs> this is he's, the he's, argument that me and Kyle always have. Well, I mean, oh,
2: nice. yeah, I, look, there's a song that Eric, Eric Church has where he's talking about I've never been west of... Uh,
0: Miss or Dallas,
2: Dallas, yeah, I'm East like, of Dallas, never East of Dallas. And I'm just like, like, I know you didn't write the song, but you know who you are. And we're like, oh, it's all I hear. I'm like, that sounds fake. See,
0: it's funny because I, he he allows certain artists to tell stories that they didn't necessarily live. But he doesn't others. If I don't I think, know
2: it about you, I will 100 percent concede that that's hypocritical. If I don't I guarantee know you that everything Alan Jackson
0: ever wrote did not. He didn't live it. I don't know much about Alan Jackson.
2: I was a young kid the first time I heard everything he ever sang. I just, I, I'm, I'm conceding that point. We, yes, we
0: should do. We argued this the other week. I think we should do this on episode one hundred and one about whether or not an artist should have to have lived. No, I'm not
2: saying they had. I'm not saying this is a this is a me problem. A hundred percent of me problem. I just hear something like never been east of Dallas from someone mm-hmm. that I know is from North Carolina, and I'm like. <sighs> I don't hate the song for it i
0: just do you get mad at sh- actors for playing characters they don't uh they didn't live through <laughs> so do you get mad at robert downey jr for being a man in an iron suit that fights crime and fights aliens because get, that's no, the same no, thing no, i'm
2: not i'm not gonna say that <laughs> i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna say i did get mad for one role he did wink wink i'm not <laughs> I'm not going to
0: go there. I'm not going to go there. Well, let, let, let's talk about our what our ideal Morgan Wallen album of the 36 songs would be, because Country and Cans has been pretty consistent here. We think that albums have become too long. We have a whole episode titled that a few weeks ago. 36 is when, too much.
2: Yeah, I remember when me and Andy would argue... That a an album with eleven songs was it was it was it eleven no, or ten? It was
0: nine. It was
1: nine.
2: Nine, yeah, nine was not an album.
0: And here we are with just yeah. According to Andy, Hotel California is not an album, but you know I digress as we say on tailgate season. But <laughs> but let's talk about what if we had to widow down our thirty six songs here that Morgan Wallen gave us what would be your ideal album? We'll start with Kyle. Kyle, if you want to give us your... uh, We said roughly 12, but this is flexible. So Mm -hmm. what are the tracks you would have on your album?
2: Hmm. Dying Man. Uh, Man Made a Bar. Fantastic with Eric Church. Uh, Keith Whitley took me down the nostalgia road. I'm with our 98 Braves on there. I like what he was trying to do there. Uh don't thank Jesus, very good. Uh I give him Tennessee numbers, not the worst. In the Bible, give Hardy a shout out. Uh Thought You Should Know. Um, I liked what he did with to his mom. Was it Mother's Day last year? Yeah. Uh Cowgirls. I like Cowgirls only because of Ernest. I don't like Morgan wallow on the song. I just like Ernest. Uh Tennessee fan was another good single. And I'll give him Sunrise, and finally, I'll give him Born With a Beer, just because I like the first verse in that song. And there's a song, Single than She Was. That is the biggest fuckboy song I have ever heard, and it infuriates me
0: listening to it. it I is, like the way that song sounds, but the lyrics are... Fuck boy I agree, ass song. I agree it is. Like, who told him to sing that?
2: Yeah, I mean, that song's gonna resonate it's, with, like, 16-year-old It's a 16 year old girls. song that... It's
0: going to resonate with 16 country. year old girls. Yeah, who doesn't yeah. don't know anything about relationships. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, but, but that song, it, oh God, it infuriated so me listening to that. How many it. did you have total in your track list? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. I had 11. 11. Okay. Well, that's within our uh, normal parameters for what is an album. I'll go next. Then I'm going to let it close with Andy because I know this was Andy's idea. So I'm going to let him back clean up. But. I'm going to go in order. I'm going to stick with a good part of what the actual album track list is. Born with a Beer in My Hand, which is one of the the half of the ones that Morgan Wallen wrote, I think is a very good song. I know that people are going to cringe at the whole beer reference uh, from the independent side, but this is a song that shows some self-awareness. This album as a whole, he showed self-awareness while also at the same time was like leaned right into like the bro country kind of like on the tailgate <laughs> kind of shit, but like born with the beer in my hand. I, I like that song a lot. I think it's, it's fairly country, especially for a mainstream artist. So that one I think was a good uh, lead track and I'm keeping it on my track list. Number two is everything I love. Love this song. It's uh he credited Greg Allman and the guys on as songwriters. Cause it had uh, a, a, replayed sample of Midnight Rider by the Allman brothers for like a part of the chorus. Uh, but this song just the it sounds fantastic. It's the country song on the album. Uh, I love the hook to the song where it's like, you know, he, he's talking about how everything he loves she's, she's fucking ruin it. <laughs> that's, that's basically what the song's about. I, I like that. This song is fantastic. Uh, number three, man made a bar featuring Eric church. Very good song. I think that Church's vocals... This is an Eric Church song. This isn't so much a Morgan Wallen song as it is a Morgan Wallen song that he had Eric Church on. But mm-hmm. Eric Church kind of stole this song with his vocals on that because he did it in that Eric Church way, especially in that, yeah, that last chorus is 100% Eric Church. Um, yeah. Devil Don't Know, one of the best songs on the record, hands down. Like Literally, this this song is one of the best written songs on the album top to bottom from the verses to the chorus, like love this song to death. One thing at a time is one of my, his quote unquote dirt rock songs that are a little bit more of that 2000s, kind of like pop punk, the killers, rock, whatever you want to call it, like kind of songs. This one feels more yacht rock to me, more sob rock era, John Mayer, which I'm a big fan of that record. One thing at a time was something that's always stuck out to me that I'm a big fan of 98 Braves. Love it because it's unique. Um, He's talking about, he likens his relationship that didn't work out. It went well for a while, but didn't go the distance to the 1998 Braves. He, I love the references to Tommy Glavin, John Smoltz and Greg Maddox, Chipper and Andrew Jones. Like, This was a team that won, like, over 100 games in a regular season, didn't make the World Series, lost to the Padres. And he likens that to his relationship where, hey, we both didn't end up with a ring on our hand. Like, this song is fantastically written. He was not a writer on this, Mm -hmm. but love it. 98 Braves, kind of my kind of shit. Uh, Keith Whitley, uh, as a huge Keith Whitley fan, I like this song. A lot of references to, you know... um, I'm no stranger to the rain. It, it talks about uh, when you say nothing at all, the the bridge goes into Miami, Miami. Like this song is fantastic. I love how it, it talks about being uh, whiskey and Keith Whitley and everybody. Everything I love goes is gone too soon because Keith Whitley is someone who unfortunately You know, died too soon on us because he was a was a country legend in the making. He's already a legend in his own right. Love this song. Thought you should know. Best song on the record. Hands down. Best song on the record. Like the situation of like writing this song with Miranda Lambert uh, for his mom. It's the self-awareness aspect of the album that I really appreciate. So this one, I'm glad was a single. Very good. Days that end and why? I like this for every reason that Kyle doesn't, because Kyle said he didn't like how he heard it, didn't know where it was going. That's why I liked it. Um, I I like how it's the double entendre of the hook of the song. Very good song. Me to me, I figured I needed to throw in a fun song that I liked, and he's sitting there in kind of like that douchebag kind of way, saying, "Hey, everything you say you want, girl, sounds like me to me." Fun sounding song. Pop country, uh, it's country enough. So that one made the list. Don't Think Jesus, another one that I think is a very good song. Um, I love the religious aspects to it. It's also kind of indicative of probably some of his his story according to how he's told it. So another good song. And then Die Man, like you guys have talked about, very good song. Uh, I closed out my 12-song album with that. Now, I did throw three bonus tracks, and most of these are two of them are fun. One of them's not. Hope that's true. Love this song because it's the pop country version of what Wetzel likes to do. It's basically sitting there saying that this uh, very uptown kind of uppity girl goes to the city, wants to find a uh, very wealthy man, and she says, you're never going to find a girl just like me. And he goes, well, I hope that's true. And then Whiskey Friends, while the intro sounds a lot like The Killers, uh, Mr. Brightside, fun song, like the way it sounds. And then Tennessee Numbers have to give a, sh- a honorable mention shout out because it is the follow up to 865 written by Blake Pendergrass from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, he was one of the co-writers. Um, love how it kind of just talks about how this is what I would say to her if, you know, she would answer my phone call. I love the line in the bridge where it talks about you spear number one. Now I'm just an eight, six, five, but she doesn't answer Tennessee numbers anymore. So that's my 12 song album, uh, album track list with three bonus tracks. All Andy, right. You're
1: up. I've got 15 overall, but I would more so call it 13 with two bonuses. Uh, I'll start with the two bonuses is, is the, it's the Hardy and the earnest track. I like Hardy track better. I like, that they're on the album i like that they're like all friends and touring together i think that's cool so therefore i i like them being on the album with with him the hardy song i thought was pretty good the Ernest song i think could have been a little bit better but uh, uh i i'm not gonna leave him out uh start out pretty similar to logan everything i love is uh i love the way that song sounds it's fantastic uh man made a bar that the melodic end to the chorus like with eric church deal i like the way that like morgan and eric both did it similarly but very different so i thought that was cool uh Elva didn't know i'd put that i'm put that with top three like what logan said the uh the sound of it and lyrical content together really make that song good uh one thing at a time tennessee numbers uh whiskey friends is on here and then uh my first one that I would consider a bad song with uh, slightly embarrassing would be sunrise. I like kind of like the way this chorus is written. I, I have, uh, I have no expl- explanations cause it's about to get a little bit worse, <laughs> uh, before it gets better. Uh, I like neon star. I can't lie about it. That song is so catchy. I would be lying to myself if I didn't put it on here. Uh, me and all your reasons is on here. That one is also similar to certain other songs. There's about five songs that I think are basically the same that you could interchange me and all your reasons. One of them, uh, money on me. I think this is top three on the album. The somewhat of like the, the turn of phrase of you're looking for all these things. Uh, I wouldn't put my money on me that I'm not going to be all these things. The, uh, the, uh, the way he throws in the like, gambling aspect of betting your uh, money on a heart and all this, I always love when people do that. So I, this is top three for me on the, uh, on the writing of it. Uh, thinking about me, I don't know why. I'm, I'm a little ashamed of that, that, that's on here. But, well, here we are. Uh, Last Drive Down Main, I like the punk rock vibe of this song. To me, it sounds punk rock, and I thought it was actually done fairly well. And then uh, to close it out, Dying Man, which I'm going to say is, is, is top three on the writing of this album. I left out Don't Think Jesus and Thoughts You Should Know. I do think those are two of the best songs on the album, but they feel old, and I just cut it because I like some of this newer stuff, and I I wanted it. I couldn't whittle it down enough, so that got cut.
2: I think uh, Andy raises a... Very valid point. Some of these songs were are over a year old. That's yeah. that's quite a stretch from single release to album release.
0: And it's modern I don't music, remember I don't I, I get what you're saying, I a hundred percent do.
2: Yeah, I don't ever remember it being that far at top six months. I don't ever remember sounds songs being over a year. so and, look, not to get off subject, but I feel the same way about Luke Holmes. He's now dropping all these singles, and I'm like, oh, wow, these are going to be the best six, seven songs on the album. <laughs> yeah, They're called of
0: promo not... singles, Kyle. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: like, I, I mean, the way it's going, it's like I shouldn't even listen to the album because yeah, there may be one or two hidden gems, but all the good ones are going to be the re- singles he's releasing. Yeah, And I feel the same way about Weiland's album. All but Keith Whitley and Dying Man um no, man made a bar. Wasn't a single, was it?
1: No, there was a lot. There weren't singles.
2: Yeah, but I mean, Tennessee numbers was. Don't think Jesus.
0: Tennessee uh, numbers. You shouldn't funny, know. I'm
2: pretty Tennessee
0: sure. Tennessee
2: fan. Tennessee fan. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd say at least five of the twelve I had were singles.
0: So there were, to Andy's point, there like when he included a few that I didn't. Now, Andy, I will say, sunrise. Eh, Not my thing, but I will say that there were some there that I definitely liked that I didn't couldn't find room on my track list or even my bonus list to include. Um, Tennessee fan was one A couple of the other ones you mentioned was one. I was disappointed by the Hardy Morgan Wallen collab. I was disappointed by the Hardy. I mean, the Morgan Wallen Ernest collab. I'm not a fan of either of those songs. Don't think that they're I think that the Hardy uh, Wallen song tried to get too clever with the song grinding. I think that the Ernest Wallen song sounds too much like early Ernest and not current Ernest. It's just it's not my thing. Not something I was into. But I, I I like that we have some differences on the track list because there were more good songs than not There were still some bad songs, some that we like that we can't explain why we like. Doesn't make them good. But Jordan, do you have a track list by any chance?
3: Yeah, um, I have some that I can go through. Um, I'm not really going to go into too much detail with them. Um, So I have uh, Born With A Beer In My Hand. Basically, the first nine kind of just go ahead. Most of them are on there. Um, And then I have um even though i know some of the like thought you should know you Proof, all those i know those are older and been released before um but i, I do like thought you should know um actually it's you know me and my mom are dancing that as our first, uh, son mother dance so that's kind of cool um which one I, thought you should know
2: oh okay okay never called yeah. you Proof. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you
0: know. Well, Jordan's, Jordan's gonna sing out loud. Where it's like the only thing twisted is me. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I haven't listened to um, "Dying Man," and I really kind of now that y'all have mentioned it, it's all on your list. I would listen to that because I haven't got to the end part of it yet of the album that I've really listened to. Um, obviously, "Don't think Jesus." Um, I like that one. Uh, but for the most part, it's really the the top the first nine for me, and I do like uh, Keith Whitley song. And I know that, um, like you said, uh, a little more single than she was as a fuck boy song, but I do like it. Maybe I kind of like a, it
0: too. What is that making make Me and you? Uh, I guess we're fuck boys. Oh, oh, according to Kyle. But, works I mean, it is. I mean. don't
3: get me wrong it's absolutely I mean I understand it but it's jammy I like it when yeah. I listen to it it's going to stay in my head for a little bit I mean it's just I like it and,
0: and then that part where he's like she let me buy her drink she even stole a sip of mine I'm like yeah. okay there are a lot of girls at the bar that act this way
3: <laughs> she, she, danced, mm. she danced on my boots to closing time
0: Yeah. God, I don't know he's been married since he was 12
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go into some of our stores we have at the bar, then, Logan. We don't need to do that. <laughs>
2: just substitute she with a female in your life, and you just immediately realize how much you hate that song.
0: Well, that's a that's the case for a lot of things. Uh, do you th- do you think that if you want to substitute some of your favorite females in your life to songs about them getting up in the truck? I mean, come on.
2: I hate those songs.
0: <laughs> All right. Well. It sounds like we have very different uh, track lists for the new Morgan Island album. How about you guys text me your uh, track list. We'll put it in a blog article on the website, countryandcoldcans.com We will put those up there, see what everybody thinks. I know there are going to be some people that are like, every song is amazing, and then other people are going to be like, every song sucks because we're touching the third rail of country music. We're not allowed to like some of his music, if not uh, all of it, or we're not allowed to hate we're only allowed to hate all of it. Not like some of it because everyone just is ridiculous as fuck about this stuff these days when it comes to the music and a vacuum. But you know what country and coal cans, we touched the third grill. So be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple podcast, Amazon, and stitcher. Check out the website, country, coal slash shop for t-shirts, hats, and koozies. We have all that available. And, uh, you know, for this episode, episode number 100, we have made it, folks. I'm Logan sitting here with Trucker Andy Kyle and our guest this week, Jordan, from the Tailgate Season podcast That's Tailgate SCN, Spotify, Apple podcast. Check it out if you like college athletics. See you next time.
2: Take care, guys.